You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. So, so many things really that we learned and so many things we could actually go forward with. And um, the parable of the seed and the sower is very key. And I think it, it captures in a nutshell the issue of I will build my church and the gates of hate shall not prevail. Absolute statement. We're reminded. However, we now see the gates of hell prevailing in some places. How do you reconcile it? Now, the reconciliation is still found in that parable. In Luke 8, verse 4 to 15, we won't go into details, but I'll just point it out. In Luke 8, verse 4 to 15, if you notice verse 4, one of the parables Jesus told to the multitudes, meaning that this was for everybody. He says, and when a great multitude had gathered, what happened? And had come to him, he spoke by a parable. Now, in verse 5, he said, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled. He went on and on. It's actually from that 4 to 15. But I just want to do a summary before we go, just to reconcile. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Then we are learning that, you know, these gates also prevail in some instances. What is there? The Bible tells us, or our Lord Jesus taught us, he said, the seed is the word of God. Now, that word of God is sure to work everywhere. In fact, the Bible calls the word of God the incorruptible word, which means the word that cannot die. If you pour snipe on it, it will not die. Praise God. If you anything that happens to it, that seed will never cease to be the word of God. Hallelujah. But you and I know that seed on the table, seed unplanted, cannot bring forth fruit. So in that same parable, we are told the second part of it, there is the ground. So it takes a combination of the seed, which is the word of God, and also what? The ground, which is our heart, to bring forth produce. So in that parable, our Lord Jesus said, three out of four, the seed could not bring forth, but it was never the fault of the seed. It was never the fault of the seed. It was always as determined by the ground. So I will build the word of God is effective. He said, once you have spoken word, twice I have heard it, that word. Power belongs to God, established. And you see, it, we, we, these things comfort us in the time that we live in because you have questions. Like the other day I was discussing with my and she was saying, why should we even lay hands on the sick and then they won't recover? Every sick. Now, the truth is this. Lay hands on the sick and they recover. It's the word of God. It should work everywhere. But why it doesn't work in some places? When we get to heaven, we will do what? We will find out. Because the comfort is that even the apostle Paul had a disciple that was almost died. And God had mercy. You can imagine how many times he may have laid. But he also laid hands on some. And what happened? So who knows? Who knows? You might be laying hands on somebody and the person say, finish. Let me go and do surgery. Parable of seed and the ground. Would that hand work? What did Jesus say to a lot of people? 
He said, your faith has made you whole. So we, we don't know. I'm not here to explain all of that, but I'm just trying to explain because I was asking that question, and that was the answer. So there is a seed, which is the word, but then there is a heart. So in the same way in economies, I taught us that production is not complete until the goods word reach to the consumer. So the word comes, no fault with it, perfect, but the heart with which you receive. And once that seed found if good ground, what happened? It produced what? 30, 60, and 100. So our prayer should be that our lives, our hearts, will continually be what? Good ground in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Anyway, so I, I, we could have gone so much more in that, so many dimensions of it. We could have also looked at, you know, um, the, the ark from beginning you know, the temple and all of that. But I, I feel that this is the week of the passion. And it's very important we look at what happened. So I, I beg you, you know, I don't know how we're going to do it. I, I couldn't even get a sermon. So we're going to do a Bible reading and, you know, make some references somewhere so that we can come into the picture. Because this week the church is celebrating or remembering the sufferings, the passion, the crucifixion, the death, and then on Sunday, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Praise God. So it's very important we bring ourselves through. There is so much that happened at this time, and it's so critical, you know, and foundational to our faith. We, we've said it here during the Christmas time that what we celebrate now is more fundamental, is more necessary. This is, is now that we should be doing Easter decoration, if there is any such thing. It's now that we should actually be having music, you know, resurrection music, crucifixion music, you know, on the cross music, thumb music, you know, this is what it should be. But because that is what heaven is doing, heaven and earth are never on the same page. Anywhere you see earth manifesting, heaven has left it. Praise God. It is, it's like uh, the classification of information. Anytime you see the FBI give you some information on some devices, they have left it 50 years ago. And you are wondering, these people are telling us how they're caught up. It's because they have found many much better ways. So everybody is now going, ah, this is what they have left that one. So anywhere you see earth agreeing and making noise, you see what happened um, the, the Notre Dame Cathedral in France. They've raised one billion to build. You know why? Souls are not being saved there. It's for th tourism. If it was a place where souls are being saved, by now the pastor would have lost his voice. Bring money! Bring money! <laughs> the world can never, they can't. They can. It says the flesh lost against the spirit and the, the spirit against the flesh. And the two are what? They are contrary. <laughs> they are contrary. Okay, so we have a responsibility to look at this. The, whatever we're able to do, I was thinking of calling a meeting for Good Friday, but I know you may have planned your weekend, so I may not do that. But let's start March 26. Praise God. So come with me to Matthew 26. Very interesting things that, you know, we, we could really learn from the whole event. Let's read quickly. We'll start from verse 1. Now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these things, that he said to his disciples, You know that after two days is the Passover, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. But they said, 
not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now, we see what is happening here. This is this week. We are in this week now of the Passion. And we see the desire of the Pharisees, the, high, the, the elders of the people. They, want, they say, this time we are done with this Jesus. Let's kill him. Praise the Lord. We see this, their desire. But they had a problem. They said, we can't do it publicly. Let's there be an what? Opera among the people. Now, what happened here is this. The next part we are going to read, you are going to see what happened. This was the, the dinner he had. I believe this dinner must have been Wednesday night or Tuesday night before the uh, betrayal. Let's read verse 6. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. And she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. As shortly I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached, in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Praise God. Thank God in Abuja we are talking about the woman now, isn't it? Now see what is happening here. This is a dinner that was hosted for Jesus. And a woman is worshipping Jesus. Is saying, Jesus, you deserve my best. Okay? Now, whether this woman got the revelation that he was going to die and all of that is another level. But what we know is that this woman took her best, her life savings, and broke it and poured it on Jesus and began to worship him. And remember a few weeks back, I began to say that knowing who Jesus is and accurately you know, relating to him, not his miracles, not the things he does, is the secret, is the key to a successful Christian life. Do we say that? Now, see what is happening here. I'm going to show you. Come with me to John 12. We'll read the same account. In John chapter 12, it says, um, we'll read from verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with, with the fragrance of oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not so for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Now look at 6. What does 6 say? This he said, not that, let read with me please, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. Now, the same Jesus, the same environment, praise God, different responses. One saw Jesus as a commercial entity. Judas had followed Jesus for three years as a disciple, probably known him longer than then. But he had not come to know who Jesus really was. 
So his engagement with Jesus was anchored on what am I getting? And see, he was a treasurer. So as long as the ministry prospered, what happened? He made some money. Now, we might call him a thief in a sense, okay? But if I serve Jesus, if I stand as a preacher, and my motivation for what I do and how I do it is for money, I'm also in the league of, G of Judas. Praise the Lord. If whatever I do is not motivated rightly, then I'm also in that league. You know why? Because it's a danger. Not because Jesus is afraid of losing his money. As we're going to find out as we're going. Remember we started by saying that the scribes and the Pharisees were looking for an opportunity. Praise the Lord. They are looking for an opportunity. Now we see a woman coming from the other side and saying, Jesus, you are worthy of what? My worship. You're worthy of my worship. And anytime you and I get it rightly, what we'll do is worship. Remember even Job, in the moment of his trial, what did he do? He worshipped. It didn't make sense. It could have been said, and Job just shut his mouth. No, but he worshipped. Because anytime you see God, the way he is, if you see him rightly, no matter the circumstance, what will proceed out of you is what? Is worship. It doesn't matter what is happening to you. Praise God. Very important. So the same Jesus, the same scenario, one woman is worshiping and then the other person is planning, is angry. What's this problem that he could have taken maybe 50 out of this 300 denarii and solved some problems? And immediately that wrong interpretation was there. You know what happened next? The enemy took him over. Come with me to Luke 22 verse 3. Luke 22 verse 3. Because as God is looking for a dwelling place, the devil also needs human beings to walk with. He says, so you see we're in the same area. He said, now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him for they fear the people. Then what happened? Satan entered Judas, son named Iscariot. Satan entered him. He opened the gate. How did the gate open? It was opened when he saw Mary waste 300 denarii on Jesus. I will show you. It was it, at the same point. I, I will show you. Let's, let's go back to our Matthew 26. I'll show you. It says, verse 13 says, I shortly I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial. Verse 14 says, then, then, in response to this, Judah said, what nonsense. Ah, what nonsense. This thing is enough. Then one of the twelve called Judas left and went to the chief priest. There, there's one of them that said he, he left immediately. He was angry. Now look at it. The same Jesus. These people around him. One is responding, worshipping. And the other one is saying, what? How can we miss this opportunity? Now, these are principles that safeguard us. Our brother reminded us that we have to be sober. We have to be what? Vigilant. Let me tell you something. Backsliding does not happen like a bomb. It starts small. When you're giving to God, when your sacrifice to the things of God starts reducing, be careful. You see, in the physical, we are taught that nature abhors a vacuum, isn't it? When David said that I will not give to the Lord that which cost me nothing, it was not because he was rich. It was for his protection. 
Every time somebody has an attitude that God, I can play tricks on God in the sense that let me serve him with minimal. You know, you know some pastors don't give offerings. Some pastors don't even do praise and worship. They're in the office and when praise and worship is over, they send for them. Now, if at any point in your life, God becomes your mate, you know what has happened? Satan has entered. It doesn't matter what is happening. You are a leader, you are a HOD, you are a pastor, and you start seeing yourself different from the people. Ha. Otipo. Otipari. Okay. Finish. Little thing. Now, 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 you see, it's important we get some of these things there. That's why I said this story will help us. The, the, the progress, whether positive or negative, in the spiritual life is never automatic. Remember, he said he was a thief. Now, what was he graduating into now? A betrayer. Throughout the time he was a thief, wasn't he hearing messages of conviction? Stop stealing, stop stealing. Let me tell you, the day you graduate from fornication to adultery, adultery to murder, you will not know. Once you've dwelt in one long enough, they'll hold meeting. Let's promote her. Let's promote him. Because if you've been a thief for three years, Abba, uh, they should promote you. Uh, he's been a thief. So what's the next level? Is either you repent and quit being a thief or what? Or you graduate. That's what he found himself. So when that happened, he kicked something. Instead of the, the worship, you see, there's so many lessons here. And, and remember, John told us it was what Judas said. Okay? Now, the account in Matthew said the disciples, be careful who you're following to say something. You don't know why they're saying it. It was Judas who initiated that in indignancy. Are you getting me? It was the other disciples maybe really were just not understanding what was. But when Judas said, they said, yeah, 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 yes. But you see, the Bible told us Judas's motive. So it then means that if I'm with you and you're, you know, it's like a coup plot. You know, they're planning coup. And you just hear and you say, well, it's not a bad idea. You have entered. Whether they plan to give you chief of defense staff or not, you're a, you're a part of it. So as a, as a Christian, be careful. That's why it says, take heed what you hear. There are some things people want to tell you. Say, I'm coming. I'm coming in the Nigerian senses. I'm going, isn't it? You know, we have our language. I they come means I, I, I don't go. <laughs> Praise God. So, so, so we see what happened. Then one of the 12 called Judas went immediately and said, to, what are you willing to give me? Let me deliver him to you. The Lord will help us. Amen. Okay, so we'll continue verse 17. Let's, let's just see what we can do. 17 says, now on the first day of the feast, 17 of 26, of the unliving bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying to him, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? There's a need here now. This one caught my attention, you know, strongly. There's a need. Where are we going to prepare the Passover? They didn't have any property. And Jesus said to them, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. Let me show you that in Mark. Let me show you what he said to them in Mark. In Mark, come with me to Mark 14, 12. 
I'll show you what happened then. Now on the first day of the unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where do you want us to go and prepare that you may eat the Passover? And Jesus sent out two of his disciples and said to them, go into the city and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. Wherever he goes in, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. They are made ready for us. The, the first time I saw this passage of scripture, a question popped up. Jesus said to them, go into the city. You'll see a man carrying a pitcher of water. You know the first thing that I saw there? If they didn't go immediately, they would have gone two hours later. They could have, like many times we do. We delay in obeying God. Two hours later, then we don't see a man. Then we'll come and say the word of God failed. Going to the city, you go is what? Go is go. He didn't say go tomorrow. He had programmed the man. And they say, you see the man carrying a pitcher of water. If somebody's carrying a pitcher of water, is he going to stand in one place? He's in motion. Tell yourself, my miracle is in motion. I have to catch up with it. God is always working. But we, many times we are missing. Where should we prepare? He said, go in. You're going to say, when you see the man carrying the pitcher, I say, just follow him. When you follow the man, any house he enters... Tell the master of the house, the teacher said, where is the place? That means the man had been prepared. Where is the place where we should get ready? And when they went like that, what happened? They saw it exactly as it is. Somebody said, let me experience a divine miracle. You see, it's these things happen. It's just that the enemy is fighting us. Simple instruction. Go and give this. Maybe now they're talking a media project. God said to you, go and sow that thing. And you tell God, ha, which one? They tell you the one. You say, which one again? They won't tell you again. Because you've heard. You know, these things are basic. Meanwhile, you don't know. You have a testimony. The last time you obeyed God like that, something happened for you. You say, going to you, say, man, the miracles of God are time sensitive. You can't go to the hospital and they give you antibiotics for seven days. And you decide not to take it on the seventh day, you take all of it. You go back to the hospital. Isn't it what will happen? Uh, you follow prescription. Okay. So I said the miracle. You know, there was a need. But there was a provision. There is always God's provision for his vision. No doubt about that. God wants to do something. He will always make a way. Oftentimes we say there is no way because we are disobedient. Time will fail us to talk about the miracle of the turning of water into wine. He said they wanted wine. What did he tell them to fetch? He told them to fetch water. At the first instance, he can say, sir, what we are looking for is wine, not water. Because we have become counselors of God. Whereas God says to Job, who will instruct me? Who would teach me? Who, who knows where I put the foundations of the earth? Okay? So he said to them, go into the city. And they went. They did. They saw. When, when uh, verse 20, when evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said to them, as shortly I say to you, one of you will betray me. Verse 21. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? Now, I want you to look at 22, please. Let, let's just pick some things. Verse 22 says, 
Each of them began to say, Lord, is it I? Which means Judas also said, Lord, now. <laughs> now watch, it gets interesting. Jesus said, he who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. He was not speaking in tongues. The son of man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? Thank you, sister, for saying, hey, can even add chai. He said to him, you have what? Now, let's analyze what is happening here. I don't know. I've shared this testimony many years ago. One of the things that helped me as a Christian, when I got born again, I told us I was working in the bank and I was doing some transactions that were not illegal, but I knew deep inside of me, the Spirit of God wasn't comfortable with them. So one Wednesday like this, I was in church and I had a payment of 500000 waiting for me to pick in the morning. And I was in church. The pastor was saying, and he was, I don't, can't remember what they said. And he said, what is half a million to lose your salvation? What is half a million? What is half a million? Or he, he didn't even repeat it. He just said, what is half a million? And I was to collect half a million to which shouldn't cost me my salvation ordinarily. I heard it. The next morning, I went to the person who was supposed to give me half a million. And I told him, he came to my bank with the money. He brought it to my office you know, in the closed office. I told him this half a million, thank you for bringing it, but I will not take it from you again. He took time to convince me that it was my money, which it was my money, that I ended. He took time to convince me. When he spent time convincing me, I now said to him, okay, not a problem. Please just take this cash now to the counter. Ask them to make a draft in the name of the Redeemed Christian Church, which was my church then. Okay, so that it will be that you've given me the money, I'll be, since you don't want to go with it, and there'll be peace. That was when I saw Wahala. If you see how his eyes went, he said, I'm crazy. Ah, what do you mean? Give this type of money to church. Ah, so if church can't take it, now me, you won't make I take it. Hey. <laughs> Is somebody getting something here? You see, you come to church, grace comes. Why, why, why? At, you, at the first part, you think he loved me so much, isn't it? Because I mean, who, if you come to pay someone and say, no, keep the money, he, he, no quarry, he'll keep the, he, he convinced me, ah, no, I can't, don't do this, it's your money and all of this. There's nothing, it's your money. When I said make a draft to church, a different person manifested. So could it mean that there was something in that money that was going to pull down my destiny? Because that Wednesday, grace came to me. I will show you a scripture, people of God. I'll show you a scripture. Show you. Second Corinthians 6, 1. Very important. You, you see, I, I don't understand how people can call you. Say, Pastor Ken, I, I wish I could have Cain. I can't understand how you'll be coming to church and are preaching against something. And you are doing that thing with koro koro eye. What will God do again? It says, we then as workers together with him. What do we do? Also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Don't receive it. Judas received it in vain. J Jesus said, one of you will betray me. You see, it could sound like a joke. He went for that to say, this is the consequence. He says, it will be better for the one who betrays that he were not born. And he still went and betrayed. 
Somebody was asking me about grace the other day. I said the grace of God is enough for every creation of God to go to heaven. But there are still few that are going. Not because of lack of grace. Nothing is squandered on earth like grace. Judas squandered his grace. Ah, what else will a man do? He asked, he said, it is you. He could have fallen on the ground. and said, Master, help me. And they'll have to find another betrayer. But the sweetness of the money, the money had gone to his skin. Let me tell you what could be happening, which many times we do as Christians. Judas will be saying, it's okay, even if I betray him, he will do like Samson and escape. His sorrow after the betrayer wasn't so much the betrayer. It was that Jesus did not, he didn't escape. That's why the Bible called it remorse. Remorse is regret for consequences, not regret for action. So, 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 so we, we see these things and we say, Lord, have me. If any time I come to church, any time you come to church, please, whatever they say, no, it's grace. If you're planning to steal and they talk about stealing, no, it's grace. Don't be angry with the past. You know, some people, when they say their own matter, instead they'll be angry. Or they'll raise their defense. Who are you talking to? Why, why did you even say it like that? Why did you keep your head like this when you say you know, why, why are you reading my mail? Many times, I, I know you may have invited people to church, and after the service, they'll be accusing you. Why did you go and tell the pastor about me? Meanwhile, that was the love of God. Telling you, I know you. I know you came. I'm bringing my word to you. Praise God. Okay, let, let, let's move on. So, 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 that was grace, and the grace was wasted. And the grace was wasted. Verse 26. 26 says, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is the, my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I'll not drink of this fruit of the wine from now on until that day when I drink it with you new in my father's kingdom. And when they had sung a song, a hymn, they went out to Mount Olives, to the Mount of Olives. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll jump this part. Let's look at 31 to 35, another interesting part here. Then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I'll strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've been raised, I'll go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, even if all these ones are made to stumble because of you, Amy Peter, I will never be made to stumble. <laughs> Jesus said to him, As surely I say to you that this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me how many times? Three times. Peter didn't stop. Peter said, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. No, no. You see, at this point, we can laugh. May God give us a humble spirit. May God give us a humble spirit. One of the things you note is that with natural training, once you, people hear gunshot, what do they do? They dodge. They fall to the ground. Isn't they duck? Eh? No. Spiritual gunshots are going on all the time. 
You know the way you avoid them? Humility and meekness. Every hour, spiritually, they are shooting guns. Now, they said, all of you will be made to do what? To deny me. Peter said, excuse me, sir. If all of these ones, in me, Peter, <laughs> the sergeant master of this team, I will not. Little did this same Peter know that his own case was special. The Bible says, Satan has desired. You, Peter, your own is special. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. 31. It was Peter that they asked for by name. Let us sift him as wheat. Many times when someone's mouth is running, that's why, you see, to be a preacher is not easy. You just preach, preach, preach. Adultery is still in all of that. If you are not careful, you become the captain of what you're preaching because the enemy will come against you. Are you getting it? You, you have to be careful. It says Satan has what? Luke 22, 31 to 34, please. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed what? Satan has asked that he may sift you as It was Simon that their target was on particularly. It was the same Simon that was boasting. Because we don't know what is at stake. Okay? Now, now, look at the beauty of what is happening here. And Jesus said, I have what? Prayed for you, 32. I pray for you that your faith should not fail. When you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But, Peter is still saying again. What's Peter saying? Leave that matter. I know myself. Hey, somebody say, Lord, have mercy. I know myself. Never can. Then Jesus had to tell him, Peter, before the rooster crows two times, you will deny me three times. And it did happen. It happened. What is the lesson there, brethren? When we sense things, Jesus might not speak to us one-on-one. -on -one. But when we sense things, let's not say, ah, Omo, Omo, what was that? Son of a lion in Yoruba. Omo Eku. Uh -huh. ah. <laughs> when we sense things as believers, fall on your knees. Nobody is, listen, I, I don't know. We're all human beings, aren't we? So the truth is that what you feel, I feel, we all feel. The difference is right judgment, discretion, prudence, and wisdom. Nobody wakes up and decides to be foolish and or stupid. They think they got it covered. That's what the Bible says. Let him that thinks he stands, what? Take it lest he fall. You see some people, they say, ah, I know one friend of mine. I, I had to backslide from him. Ah. How can you be a pastor? You come into a city and then about three sisters are lying with you in the hotel bed. And they're your sisters. Abio. The day sister turns to something else, they don't, announce, they don't put it in the calendar. This is the day that sister will turn to something else. Go to, then they're just gisting. Can't you, can't you gist on the road, on, standing by the car? But they're more icons. They're powerful. You don't do that. Praise God. So Jesus said, this is what it is. Peter was still boasting. You didn't see Peter praying, Lord, give me grace. This thing that I had. Lord, help me not to fail. Strengthen me. That's why he failed it woefully. Maybe he wouldn't have sworn. 
You know what Jesus said well, is you deny me three times. But Peter added swearing because of his pride. May God help us. Our, our time is really going. I wish we could cover so much more. There's just so much more in this. If, if you come with me to 36, let, let's read 36 quickly and then we'll try and close from there. 36, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is what we are talking about, you know, when we said Peter could have prayed. And he said, the, the Believers, do you know the privilege of prayer? Do you know prayer? Is the same way you can talk to your neighbor. You don't have to lock yourself up. You can pray out of your breath. You get to the junction and the way they are driving. Don't say, ah, all this, uh, you know, um, you know so, someone said some particular people in Nigeria, once they put the cap on their head, they've covered their brain. So they drive without brain. Now, now, you, you can get to a, a, a crossroad. And you say, look at this area, people, they were. You can also get to the same crossroad and say, Lord, please guide me through this junction. Let there be no accident here. It's the same saying that you're saying. One, but one, you have acknowledged God. You have invited him into the situation. The other one, you may have just scattered wild. You have just said something and the devil will latch on it. Same thing. Praise God. So Jesus says here, pray, watch and pray, lest you do what? Enter into temptation. We've dealt with this in church some time ago. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me, unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. 45. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. 46. Now, read 47 for me, everybody. And while he was still speaking, what happened? Behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and came. Now, what is happening here? You see, before the trial came, he had prepared himself spiritually. Let's rise on our feet. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Before the trial came, he said, Why he was now tender, let's go. That was when Judas came. But you know what? He has settled it in heaven. One of the things we're going to learn is that our Lord Jesus was able to do what he did because he drew the help of heaven. Ask me, who do I think I am? Who do I think I am? As basic as being a husband, I need help. As basic as being a wife, you need that office where you're working, you need help. That money that God has blessed you with to handle it, you need help. 
Jesus continually sought help. He was the son of God. He knew the way heavens operated. He could have walked here with his head high and never for once prayed. But you could see him praying. Let's learn. He went through the passion. Before the stripes, before all of that, he had gone to heaven to say, help me. Strengthen me. See me through. Tonight, let us go to God and say, Lord, for this race that I'm running, for this call that you have called me, for the assignment you have given to me, for, for, for the as a provision that you want me, what, for that thing that you have brought me into this kingdom for. Lord, I do not presume that I can do it by myself. I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. He said to them, watch and pray lest you fall in. Temptations will come, we've been told. The gates of hell, they are everywhere. They are everywhere. They are everywhere. They are everywhere. The gates of hell, they are everywhere. And Satan does not give up. He said he left Jesus for an opportune time. You overcome today, he's coming back in, later in the night, not even tomorrow. He will keep coming. But we thank God that there is the weapon of prayer. Our Lord Jesus prayed. The songwriter said, Jesus started with prayer. And he continued with prayer. And he ended with prayer. And prayer does not mean you're a prayer warrior. It means you're speaking to the Father. You're bringing circumstances and situations. You're asking for help. You're tapping on grace. You're tapping on mercy. You're asking for direction. You're asking. Somebody says, ah, pastor, it seems as if you're proud. Go to God and say, Lord, please remove every root of pride in me. I'm arguing about it. I can argue and win the argument but it does not help me somebody says ah this is this or that you go to God in prayer he has said if any man lacks wisdom let him ask if you lack discernment ask if you lack self-control ask if you lack discretion ask whatever it is tonight let us learn from him he came to show us the way how to live this Christian life then let us learn this one from him tonight by prayer by prayer by prayer the Bible tells us in Ephesians, it says the weapons of our warfare. It talks about all manner of prayer. Tonight I want you to ask God, Lord help me. I cannot do this alone. I see how you did it. You did it by prayer. You did it by the support of heaven. You were able to exercise discretion because you drew on the power of God. Lord, tonight as a church, help us. I stand, oh Lord, as your servant with my brethren. And I say the Father's church needs help. Who is sufficient unto these things? Who is able, who imagines that he's sufficient to these things? Lord, help us. Without you, we cannot do anything. Without you, we cannot do anything. Without you, we'll be the bunch of terrible sinners, criminals, oh Lord. But Lord, your grace is more than sufficient. Help us, oh Lord. Help us, O oh Lord, so that your presence in our lives will be made manifest to our world. Come live in us all our lives. Take it over, O oh Lord. Don't let me win. Don't let me win. Don't let me win. Don't let me win. That was the prayer Jesus was praying. Don't let me win. Don't let me win. I wish we had time. When he prayed, he said, not my will, but yours. He was saying, Father, don't let me win. Lord, let it not be my desire. 
in this decision I'm about to make, let me not make my own decision. Let me make your decision. In this choice that is before me, Lord, let me not choose what I want. Let it be what you want. Lord, help me. Don't let my native, oh Lord, character, don't let that thing that is in me come out. Let what you have put in me, oh Lord, help me to mortify the flesh. Help me to place myself under so that you alone can be seen through me. Let's begin to thank him for every help we have asked. He has pro promised he will give us. He said, let us come to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy. Let us ask for forgiveness. Where, Lord, I've been insensitive. Lord, where I've been prideful, where I've been boastful, where I've thought myself sufficient. Lord, tonight I confess before you and my brethren that I'm not sufficient. Who am I? It's only your grace. It's only your mercy. And we draw on that mercy tonight. Corporately, to truly be temples of God. To be vessels that will carry. To be homes, Lord, bodies that you will make not just your house, but our home in. Help us, O oh Lord, we pray. Father, we thank you. Let's thank our God. Let's bless him. Blessed be your name, O oh Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Praise the Lord. Okay, I want to encourage us. I don't know how it will be, but please, I want to beg you. When you go home before Sunday, I want you to prayerfully study what happened in this week. There is so much. So much. Interestingly, at this point, apart from putting back the ear, of the servant of the high priest that our Lord Jesus did. He walked no miracles again. You know why? He had come to the reason why he came. You know Jesus didn't come to walk miracles. The miracles were to attract the attention of the people. To know him as the son of God. But this is what he came to do. That's why he said, he said for this purpose the son of God was manifest. This is what I came for. So let's go home and prayerfully study. Say Lord speak to me. And let us relieve it. Okay? So, some time ago, we watched the movie, The Passion. I believe many of us have said, let's watch the movie. Let, let's bring ourselves into the current time. Praise the Lord. And let's trust God as we come on Sunday that the Holy Spirit will do awesome things in our lives. Amen? Praise the Lord, somebody. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.